1 John chapter 1. John James read it a little while ago. Some of you may be wondering, you may not be, but you might be. Uh, are we doing the uh, steps of faith uh, today? And the answer is no, because I'll be out of town uh, next week. I'll be uh, preaching in Hickory, uh, North Carolina. We'll be staying uh, with uh, Mitch's mom down in that area, and they asked if we would stay for the morning service and have me preach at the church there. And so we'll be coming back after that. And so I thought we would go back to that study after our return. Um, <laughs> So, so I'm, I'm, you guys think it's, might, might think it's odd. Um, so I had a week, you know, I have one week, I have this, this sermon right here. You know, it's like, well, what do I preach in a one-message sermon? You know, can't study a book in one message, right? Um, so what do we do? And so I was um, going over in my heart and mind what it is that uh, um, the Lord has been showing us as a church family and then I realized that I, I think, I, I really believe um, if you want, if it's what you want, if, if you're here this morning and what you would like is to understand better God's power to make you the man or woman or young person that God wants you to be. If you're, if you're born again, if you're a new creature and you'd say, there, there's something that I think God is wanting to accomplish in my life and I need to see it in his word. I think perhaps we'll be able to see that uh, together this morning. I'm going to read a little bit, and then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to uh, look just for a few minutes, Lord willing. Starting in verse 3. So 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father. And with his son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie. And do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Our Father, help your children. And Lord, those that are here this morning who are not your children, Lord, may they be truly convicted by their lack of even care concerning these things. Lord, may they realize, may, may they realize how great Jesus is and desire him. And Lord, may we, your children, realize how great a Savior and salvation we have. May we understand better the completeness of this salvation. And may we confess our sins, Lord, that you might change us 
Thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, most of you are aware that uh, John James had a very busy month of March, and as a result of that, he asked uh, Brother Don Mendonza if he would teach the Sunday school for the month of March in, in this room. And he agreed, and so he did. And he told me, I don't remember when, but he told me a couple weeks before it was time for him to do it, what he was going to be doing, and he said he was going to be looking at First John. And I have to be honest, my initial thought was, no, you can't look at First John. We have Second Peter, and then First John comes after that. And then I realized that I was, we were in First Peter for like a year, so <laughs> maybe it would be all right. And so, you know, I've been studying Second Peter, getting ready for that study, and uh, as Don was doing First John, I don't know what week, the second or third week as he was doing, I think it was the second week, the second week as he was doing First John, and he was talking about pronouns. You guys may think, well, that's odd that you'd be so blessed by pronouns, but I really can't tell you what, a, what, a, what an exceptional reality God struck me with as I was realizing in First John, there are they or them but they're lost. They're not part of this at all. But the book itself is written to we, to us, to those who are new creatures. And the vast majority of the wording is actually for us. And here's, here's the mistake that we have made. Because we see some of the phrasing in John chapter 1 and we believe that God is talking to two classes of people, the saved and the unsaved, but he's not. He's talking to the saved the whole time. John chapter 1, he's talking to the saved. He's talking to those of us that are new creatures. And here's what he's pointing out. What he's pointing out is that we don't have everything that we have. And I know it's a strange phrase, but we're not entering in to what it is that God has for us. We are weaker than we need to be. And we have less joy than we ought to have. And God wants to rescue us from this. And all we have to do is be honest about it. That's all we have to do is be honest about it. So let's look. I'm going to read the, I'm going to read the passage again. And I want you to notice what he's talking about. I want, I want to go back to verse 3. Okay? So he says, That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. So we're, they are writing. This is being written to us by those who know God to those who also know God, but those who seem to be lacking somewhat, perhaps. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, maybe you want to underline this in your Bible, that your joy may be full. So here's the point. Would you like your joy, honestly, and I mean this, would you like your joy to be more full. Would you like to have, you know, Christ came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. And would you be honest and say, my life in Christ is not as abundant as perhaps it ought to be. I um, in a very, remember how uh, uh, Moses had seen the glory of God and yet he cries out, show me I pray thee thy glory. There's a desire when you begin to know God, when you begin to see how wonderful the Lord Jesus is, there's a, a strong desire to see more and more of the glory of God. Now, here's what hinders that. There's still the flesh that wants its way. And see, the problem is this. When we give our flesh its way, it really dims. You know, there's a, we sang the hymn this morning. Kenny led us in the hymn this morning. 
Cast your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. This is wonderfully true. The difficulty is this. The children of God find themselves digging through garbage cans, as it were, instead of feasting at the table. You know, this, uh, we're in uh, 2 Samuel right now um, in the men's on Saturday morning. And Mephibosheth went out to meet David as David is coming back. David is returning as the king. Uh, Absalom tried to run him off, and Absalom is gone, and David is returning. And Mephibosheth, who was lied to, by the way. Remember Mephibosheth? The kids sing the song, right? Mephibosheth has been, at, has been a crippled man who belongs to, to, the, to the family that tried to kill David. And, and David has shown great grace to him and lets him eat at his table. Now, I don't know, I don't know how big your table is at your house, but I have to imagine that, 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 that King David's table was a reasonably large table. And Mephibosheth sat at that table. Here's a man who was crippled, living in the middle of nowhere, and had nothing. And now he sits every single meal at David's table. That's what we get, amen? So why are we digging through the trash can? We get to sit at the table of our father. Now what's interesting is this, when, when King David is chased out of Jerusalem and, and people that, that love him go with him, well, Mephibosheth can't go because he's crippled. And he's lied to by his servant, so there is no horse for him to ride on to leave. And so when, when the king returns, he hasn't shaved, he hasn't washed his face, he hasn't uh, done anything to take a shower, nothing. And, he, and yet, it's really remarkable because he leaves Jerusalem to go to Jordan to greet David as he's coming back into the kingdom. So he literally goes to where David, from where David is coming to to meet him as he begins his entrance. And when he gets there, David says, Mephibosheth, why didn't you go with me? And he said, King, I couldn't. I was lied to. But now you're here. That's all that matters. And David said, well, when, 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 when you were lied to, I said to the man that lied about it that I'd split the kingdom between him who's supposed to be taking care of you and you yourself. You can just go and have half the kingdom. It's, it's yours. And Mephibosheth says, he can have it all. I'd rather go back to your house and eat at your table again. Isn't that wonderful? See, this is what God has for the children of God. We get to eat with our, with our Father. We get to have sweet and wonderful fellowship with Him that our joy may be full. So in verse 5 it says, This then is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. Now, I could have you raise your hand. Maybe I will have you raise your hand if you want to be honest about this. How many of you would be aware? How many of you would be honest and be aware and say, Well, in me there's darkness. In me, there's darkness. Anybody want to raise their hand for that? In him, there's no darkness at all. Yeah? And so you say, well, what does God look like walking around on the earth? And the answer is, look at Jesus. If you want to see what God looks like walking around on the earth, watch Jesus walk around on the earth. You want to behold the glory of God the Father, look in the face of the Son, and you can see the glory of God the Father. So here's the thing. So here's the question. This is what he's saying. In God, there's, he's light, and there's no darkness at all. Now, then verse 6 says this. Listen, this is important. We. Now, remember, it says we. Not they, not those that are lost. If we, if we who are new creatures, if we who are born again, who we who get to eat at the Father's table, if we say, 
that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So here's what he's saying. You don't have to walk. You don't have to walk in darkness. You don't have to walk in selfishness. You don't have to walk in anxiety. You don't have to walk in, in, in the, in the self-going um, uh, uh, forward that you used to. You don't have to at all. You don't have to. You don't have to do this. But if we walk in the light, as he in the, is in the light, we have fellowship one with, the, with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son, cleanses us from all sin. So here's, this is such a wonderful truth. Boy, this is such a misunderstood passage. I expect Bobby McKinney, who happens to be here with us, to write a song about this sometime in the near future, okay? You can, you can, you can improve upon this sermon and write a song on this that will help many people. If you would just walk in the light, and, and we're going to get to it in just a minute in verse 8. If you just walk to, in the light and agree with God, as, listen, and this is so important. I've got I to pick Kenny. Kenny sits in the front row. It's his fault. <clears throat> When God says to Kenny, Kenny, this is selfish. Kenny, this is selfish. Kenny could say, this is what we say, by the way, when God says to us that what you're doing is selfish. Here's what we say. Well, it's not abnormally selfish, right? Does anybody understand what I mean when I say that? It's not abnormally selfish, right? I may be being selfish, but I'm being normal selfish, right? Everybody's selfish, at least to this extent. And, and he's not going to say to you, that's not true. You're being more selfish than other people. No, you're not. You are being normally selfish. But here's the good news. You don't have to be normally selfish anymore. Right? So when he says to you, this is not, this, 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 these emotions that you're experiencing, these thoughts that you're having, these acts that you're either getting ready to commit or you just committed, this is not what I have for you. This, this is not the promise of the Holy Spirit pouring out a whole new quality of life from inside you. That's not what this is. You want to see this? Turn with me if you would. And we need to turn quickly because, because of the time. But turn all the way back to John. John chapter 4. John chapter 4. I want you to see this. I want you to understand that what we're seeing in 1 John, the promise in 1 John about being forgiven and cleansed, having these things removed, is the promise that I believe the church in America does not understand. I believe the church all over the world does not understand. And I know I didn't understand this well at all. John chapter 4, verse 9. Then saith the woman, I do not have time to set the context completely. Does everybody understand the woman at the well, at least on some level, right? So Jesus must needs go through Samaria. He's here to talk to this woman who is an outcast of the outcast, right? She gets her water at noon in the heat of the day because nobody wants to be around this woman. She can't come in the morning because if she comes in the morning, everybody gives her that dirty stare. So she doesn't come any, anymore with everybody else. She comes all by herself. This is her normal pattern now to be all by herself and Jesus is going to meet her there then said the woman of Samaria unto him remember he asked her to give her something hey could you give me some water and she said unto him how is it that thou being a Jew ask drink of me which is a which I'm a woman of Samaria for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans by the way this is a prejudiced action that God does not have okay 
The Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans, but God does. I don't know what prejudice you might have grown up with in America, but you got to let it go. Because it doesn't matter what your skin color is, doesn't matter what your eye color is, doesn't matter what your hair color is. Jesus died for all of us, and he loves all of us equally, and he intends for all of us to love one another equally. Jesus answered and said unto her, if thou knewest, listen to this, this is so important. If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And the woman said unto him, sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whoso drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now this is important. Turn to John chapter 7 so you can understand this a little bit better. John chapter 7. And I do not have time to fully develop this. But you need to fully develop this in your own understanding. You do your own study on this and what you'll find. Of course, we'll keep making reference to it, but I don't have time to go through all of this today. But I really want you to understand what's going on here. What is the promise that he's talking to her about? What is the promise that he's making reference to that God is already talking about? John chapter 7, verse 37. John 7, 37. Make sure you write these down, please, so you can take them with you. In the last day... That great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall, shall flow rivers of living water. Now, what's significant about this is what shows up uh, just after this. As you'll notice, he's talking here about the um, water that he wants to give them. And in verse 39, it says, read this. Please write this down. Please, please take this with you. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So look, please look up here. This is so significantly important. So what Jesus is saying to the woman at the well what Jesus is saying to everybody at the last day of the feast is this. If you'll come to me, if you'll come to me, I will give you living water that will be within you. It'll be the Holy Spirit. And listen, I'm telling you, and it's going to change everything. <laughs> it's going to change everything. No more religion. No more trying in your strength to please God anymore. No more sin having dominion over you and you having to be driven by your own lust. No more of that. Going to set you free from all of that. Amen? Go to chapter 16, John 16. Just going through quickly. John 16. I'm beginning to understand. I don't think I ever really understood this in the book of John as I was studying. And I've studied it many, many times. Many profitable times. But I don't think I ever understood how significant this is. John chapter 16 and verse 7. Now, if you go up just a little bit, 
It says in verse 6, But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. What he's saying is this, I've got to leave. I, I've come, I've, listen, I've come, I've come to rescue you. I've come to rescue you. I've come to live a perfect life. I'm going to lay down that life, and then I'm going to go. And it says, because I've told you this, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you a truth. Now listen, this is funny. I don't mean funny as in ha-ha, funny as in uh, important. I have to go, and sorrow has filled your heart. And it's okay that sorrow has filled your heart because I have to go. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. This is, is this not wonderfully true? Here's what he says. This is so, so, so important. Now remember, after, after his resurrection, Mary's going to try to touch him. He said, Mary, don't touch me yet. Don't touch me yet. Because I, I have not taken the blood into the Holy of Holies yet. Don't touch me yet. But when I go, I'm going to send forth the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's going to change everything. Now, how many of you would say honestly, I don't think I really understand the Holy Spirit changing everything? Raise your hand if you would, if, if you would say, raise that. Raise it up nice and high. Don't be ashamed. I didn't understand this for a long, long time. This is what God is saying. The power that you need, listen, the power that you need to have what we would call um, the normal Christian life is not in going to church. It's not in human effort. It is in the Holy Spirit living in you. Because if you really are a new creature, the power that you need to be the man or woman that God would have you to be, he has put inside you on purpose. Now, here's what happens. Because this is true, we are changed. We are gloriously changed. And people see the difference. You just can't brag about it. Because when people say, how did you become the wonderful Christian you are? You can say, oh, in me that is in my flesh there dwelleth no good thing. I am not a wonderful Christian, but I have a wonderful Savior. And my wonderful Savior sent the Holy Spirit to live inside me. And God the Holy Spirit lives here and has changed me. This is what he means in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 when he says, but you shall receive power after the promise has come, after the Holy Spirit has come, and you shall be what? Witnesses unto me. Because that's what he's going to do. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's expedient for you that I go away. Again, I know I've said this a number of times, but how important this is. Jesus is Emmanuel, which means what? Anybody know? God with us. And what can be better than God with us? And the answer is God in us. God in us is better than God with us. Amen? Jesus said it is good for you. It's expedient for you. It's important for you that I go. Because I'm going to go. By the way, if you want to see this, go to Hebrews chapter 1. When he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand of God. Amen? So here's what he's doing. What is he doing right now? And the answer is he ever liveth to make intercession for us. So what he is doing right now, what is our Lord Jesus doing for us right now? And this is what he's doing. He is being our great high priest. He's there before God on our behalf, but he's continually, through the power of the Holy Spirit, pouring out the blessing of God into our lives. Isn't that wonderful? This is what we have. Now listen, listen. You say, hmm, that sounds too good to be true. And I guess most American Christians must think that because I don't see much of it. Yet we can have it. 
This is, by the way, this you say, well, what does this have to do with 1 John? And the answer is everything. Everything. Because, well, let's keep going. I have one more place I want us to go. Go, go to the next chapter. Chapter uh, 20. Excuse me. Chapter 17, verse 20. Chapter 17, verse 20. John 17, verse 20. The Lord Jesus, right, praying to his Father. We don't have time to go through the whole chapter. It's the Lord Jesus praying to his Father about their relationship and our relationship with them. And he says in verse 20, Neither pray I for these alone. This is the Lord Jesus praying for his disciples, and not just for them, but for us. Right here, we're included. But for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Well, that's us. That they all may be one, as thou, Father, listen, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, and that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and thou in me, that, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. So here's what's going on. This is wonderful. So here's what's going on. Here's the promise. I'm going to so change those who believe on me that the world will see the church, right? The world will see local churches and say, look at them. Look how they love each other. Look how they love us. Look how they look at the kindness in them. Look at the joy in them. Look at the peace in them. Look at that. That is marvelous. Now let me ask you this. Look up here. Everybody look up here. How much of that is really happening in the world today? How many of you would say just just how, just be please help me to be honest here. How many of you would say most churches are not full of love and joy and peace and unity? Raise your hand if that's true. How many of you are aware of that? How many of you think the world is aware of that? So what testimony do we have to the world? Now, here, here's the thing. We are saying something about Jesus to the world. Here's what we're saying. He's weak. He's weak. He doesn't care. He was a nice guy, but there's no real power here. Move along. But there is real power here. There really is real power here. And here's the thing, you have met, you, you, you know now, you may even be becoming one of these truly, truly uh, new creatures who are aware that there's no power in me, but praise God, there is a power in me. And that power is the Holy Spirit, and I am being changed, and I can be changed. And listen, this is what makes it so significant. What is wrong, I'm going to pick Silas now, I don't know why, I just saw him as I was walking over here. And I don't think this could ever happen. God help me that it will never happen. Um... So Silas and I are disagreeing about something. I don't know. Something to do with guitars. Let's make it something to do with guitars. So Silas and I are disagreeing about something. And it becomes apparent to everybody in the church, boy, Pastor and Silas just do not get along at all about guitars. Right? I mean, Pastor wants an apple to make a guitar. Right? You know what I'm saying? Silas still wants Martin to be the one that makes guitars. If you see that, something's wrong. Yes? But listen, worse than us seeing it are the people he works with seeing it and my family seeing it, right? I'm not talking about my family here that lives with me. I'm talking about my extended family. Now, let me ask you this. Do you, now, Silas is a pretty nice guy, yes? Okay, I was going to say Silas and I are both pretty nice guys, but I'm not going to go there. 
don't want to make anybody a liar this morning, okay? Silas is a pretty nice guy, right? So we, we could have picked Silas and Glenn, okay? Because then it would be easier for you to hear me what I'm getting ready to say. So, so you say, yeah, but I don't think that they could ever have that kind of a disagreement. I don't think that they could ever have one of those things. But listen how, many, listen, how many of you have ever been to a church? How many of you have ever been around Christians where there was certainly selfishness going on? Yes? Raise your hand. See, now let me ask you, is that, is that how the Holy Ghost behaves himself? Y- yes or no? It, it, really, it really isn't, is it? See, and here's where we get the first John. Here's where we get the first John. When God says to you, that's selfishness. Instead of saying, no, it's not, it's just normal. You can say this. this is the, let's go back to look at it because it's so wonderful. This is the promise, right? In God, there's no darkness at all. Amen? Right? No selfishness, no me, 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 no I, 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 no I'm going to get my way and I'm going to hurt everybody else if they don't agree with me. None of that. So here's what can happen. Let's go back and look at it. Turn to first, back to 1 John, and we're going to end there. So just turn back to 1 John. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 8. So here's what's happening. This is, what's happening. this is what's happening in 1 John. The Holy Spirit is convicting you or I about sin in our lives. Not because he doesn't like us. Not because he's an exacting jerk, right? Oh, you're doing that wrong, right? We've all met Christians who act as if that's what sin is. Oh, you're not doing like I would do it, right? That is not what the Holy Spirit is saying. This is not what this passage is saying. It says if we say we have no sin, when the Holy Spirit says you're being selfish, all you have to do is say this, I am. I am. I am. You're going to hurt somebody if you keep doing it. I am going to hurt somebody. I probably already have. And I repent. And I repent. So here's what he says. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Isn't that wonderful? Right? You're having, you're, you're getting ready to be, to hurt everybody. Literally, to hurt the testimony of Christ throughout the world. And he says, you're, getting, you're, you're being selfish. And you say, I am. You're right. I confess that. I am. I am. And he says, it's, it's okay. I forgive you. And I have the power to change you. Please change me. Please change me. I don't want to do this anymore. I know I've said it a number of times. But I'm realizing more and more and more the power of God to do this. And I mean this. And I mean this with all of my heart. I would to God that this would have, I would this this would be a changing day in in so many lives today. I mean, honestly, how many of you can say honestly, I really, I am a new creature. I really am a new creature. And I really want to have this kind of power to make me no longer ever be selfish and hurt anybody else. Anybody want to say that honestly? Raise it up high, nice and high. You know, if there was a if there was a once for all button. Right? And I would to God there was a once-for-all button. I'm telling you. I, wish, I really mean that. I wish there was a once-for-all button. I would put it right up here in the front, and you guys could just... And, you, and I'll tell you, you'd have to, you'd have to, you wouldn't be able to get there before I did. Right? My days of jumping are almost over, but I would jump there to get to that button. To hit that button and say, once for all, never going to do this again. But here's the thing. Daily, we have to get up daily, right? Do what? Take up our cross 
Deny our and follow. And what does that mean? That means daily he has to be able to say to you, that's selfish. And you have to be able to say, you're right. I was going to be selfish. I was. I was going to, I was going to hurt that person with my selfishness. And I was going to ruin, not my testimony, I was going to ruin your testimony. I was going to say that you're weaker than you are. Lord, conquer this in me, please. And here's what he says. I forgive you. And I can overcome this. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what, listen, that's what the power of the Holy Spirit looks like. I don't care what the charismatic movement is saying today. I really don't. I don't care what the Pentecostal movement is saying. I don't care what any of that is saying. That's the power of the Holy Ghost right there. The power of the Holy Ghost is to convict us. That's wrong. That's selfish. For us to agree with him and then for him to overcome it in our lives. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the promise of God. That's the well of water springing up, not into us, but out of us. That's what God is talking about. That's what's going on right here. This is, this is to me, this is such a wonderful truth. So if we will do this, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Now, here's the thing. You can say, well, I'm, I'm past that now. Here's the irony. Say it out loud. I'm past that now, right? Just in the very saying of it, we're all going to go... You just, you just proved yourself, right? Just a few weeks ago on a Thursday night, we had a young man uh, come visit. He was here on the Thursday night, and he said, I am so glad that God has overcome arrogance in my life. And, and, and as he was saying it, I thought, oh, I used to make that mistake. <laughs> yeah, no, he hasn't. <laughs> uh-uh, I just heard it. <laughs> no, no, he hasn't. Here's the thing. He does have the power to overcome arrogance in our lives Daily. And we'll have to die to ourselves again and again and again and again. By the way, there's coming a day when that won't have to happen anymore, right? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, man, we will all be changed. We may not all sleep. In other words, we may not all die. When the trumpet sounds, if we're here when the trumpet sounds, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, praise God, we'll be perfect. Amen? But until then, sin dwells in us. But so does the Holy Ghost. And he can conquer that selfishness in our lives. All we have to do is when he says, you're being selfish, you're right, I am. You're right, I am. I confess it. He says, okay, I forgive you, and I can overcome it. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for so great a love and so great a power. Lord, I pray that your children, each and every one of them, would confess that sin, Lord, today, now, confess that sin of selfishness. Lord, and ask you, please overcome this in my life. Lord, I confess this. I do not. And Lord, if there's anything that has to be done to make it right in somebody else, to go to someone else and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've hurt you. I've hurt Christ's testimony. And I don't want that to be true anymore in my life. Father, you accomplish this, please. In Jesus' name, amen.